listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first topic and guests of today. We're celebrating International Day of Sign Languages by talking about Hong Kong Sign Language with Chris Yu, a senior program officer at the Center of Sign Linguistics and Deaf Studies at the Chinese University of Hong Kong and also the founding director of the SLCO Community Resources. We also have Kimberly, a sign language interpreter, joining us this afternoon to offer a more inclusive interview. And I really, really appreciate you both uh, joining us and taking the time uh, to, to join us today. Thank you. We are also on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. So I invite uh, all of you uh, to join us there as well. So um, I should also make a disclaimer uh, as well. Um, so I have a, a one-year-old daughter who is born with a severe and uh, to profound uh, hearing loss. And actually, we are currently learning sign language as a family at the SLCO Community Resources. So there's that link there. Um, also. So thank you so much again to, to take the time for joining us. So I should also say sign language is really a native language uh, for the deaf and hard of hearing community here in Hong Kong. Um, can you, Chris, give us a, a, tell us a little bit more about sign language? Um, is it considered as a, as a real language by many people? Yeah, of course. Uh, um, sign language has been uh, based on lots of research internationally has um, uh, confirmed that actually uh, natural sign language is a, is a genuine language, uh, have the full-fledged uh, language system. And so uh, actually um, sign language everywhere are unique. I mean, in, uh, in terms of their own countries, their own culture, but uh, it's all genuine language. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point, because when we talk about sign language, a lot of the times we talk about there's British Sign Language, BSL, there's ASL, American Sign Language. And here in Hong Kong, we have our own sign language. Um, we Let's let the audience know. So sign language is not universal, actually. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's because sign language actually is very unique for different uh uh, deaf communities, and so even we uh, we speak in English in English uh, in Britain in America in Australia, <laughs> but actually the the sign languages there are quite different from each other. Yeah. Um, How many sign languages are there in the world? Do we know? Do we have any statistics on that? <laughs> yeah, actually, I think uh, that there's still um, no such a very definite number. Uh, uh, but uh, according to the World Federation of the Deaf, uh, from their website, I find that uh, they said there are over 300 different sign languages in the world. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So actually, even in China, they have many different sign languages. Yeah, uh, in China, yeah, because uh, in different areas of China, they may have different sign languages. Yeah. For our audience, um, please join us on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. We're talking to Chris Yu and also we have Kimberly um, doing sign translation instant, instantly for us. Um, let's talk about Hong Kong Sign Language then. Can you sort of give us a bit of a history of Hong Kong Sign Language? Where does it come from? Um, yeah, based on some research papers that we can make reference to, uh, actually... Uh, we believe that actually Hong Kong Sign Language is actually developed by uh, local deaf people in Hong Kong 
at most. Yeah, but of course, uh, in linguistics, we have um, a, a phenomenon that uh, actually people will borrow uh, sign language from different people. And uh, because of the deaf education's development, uh, so actually, uh, we, uh, based on some research, we find that Hong Kong sign language, Hong Kong sign language is quite, uh, similar to Shanghai sign language or Nanjing sign language. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we borrowed some of, some of that. And I know in Hong Kong sign language, we actually, the alphabet is actually based on ASL. Uh, I think that's only the alphabet system. I mean, based on ABC, I mean, the alphabets, but, but in fact, uh, for most of the concepts, uh, uh, it's quite different from ASL. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll Yeah, we just that. borrow the alphabet system, but actually it's not exactly the same. It, there's a little bit different between Hong Kong Sign Language Alphabet System and uh, uh, ASL. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. We've sort of made it our own and added the Hong Kong characteristics to it because it's it's home to Hong Kong. Yeah, yes. Uh, actually, language um, uh, is, I mean, very rely on the cultural differences. Yeah, well, like when we eat, I mean, it's totally different from the other I mean, people in the Western countries. Yeah, so actually, yeah, we will have different kind of uh, signs to represent eating. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, for example, in British Sign Language, thank you is, you know, you're using your dominant hand and you're touching the bottom of your chin, extending it out. Whereas for mm. Hong Kong Sign Language, thank you, you're holding your thumbs yeah, up and yeah. bowing. So it's sort of like a person. Yeah, it's like your head. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit more about SLCO. It's quite a unique organization. You offer uh, sign language training uh, courses. Uh, you also offer early intervention for children um, who are born with, with a severe uh, to profound hearing loss and families really just to learn uh, sign language. Tell us a little bit more about your organization. Okay. Uh, yeah, we uh, actually, SLCO, um, it's actually, I mean, originate from uh, a special deaf education program. Uh, uh, actually, we started this program in 2006 in Hong Kong. Uh, so it started from preschool education, and now we have primary school, we have secondary school, uh, adopting this model in, in the school. And actually, all these schools are just regular schools. They have all the um, typically developing children there, but we have a group of deaf children uh, integrated into the system. And so actually in that um, uh, co-enrollment class, we call it, uh, we have a critical mass of deaf students uh, integrated with like um, about 20 hearing students. And so all deaf and hearing children will learn sign language. Um, and they actually study together, learning together, having all the activities together. They are having full integration. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's such yeah. an inclusive way of education. <laughs> it's great. I feel like everybody should have learned sign language to begin with. Yeah. And, that, and actually, SLCO Community Resources Limited is, is established because of that program, because we want to uh, continue our work from the Chinese University of Hong Kong and, uh, and now move to SELCO 
community resources. And we hope that we can uh, get in touch with more people in the community. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's explain that a little bit. Why did the Chinese University of Hong Kong sort of, um, why did your department sort of gain interest in this area? Maybe give us a bit of a history. How did it all start? Yeah. Um, maybe I'll just show you a picture yes. first. Okay. Can you see that? Yes, you're holding up um, yes, a, a picture of four children who are talking and then there's a little boy who's in a glass jar. W what does that mean? Yeah, I think um, now why we started this um, uh, SLCO program is, is basically because we um, observed uh, the, the severe communication barrier of deaf people uh, or deaf students in Hong Kong. Uh, it's just like having a glass covering the deaf children and even they can see each other. I mean, they can see uh, hearing children, but in fact, they cannot connect uh, with the hearing children because of the communication barrier. And uh, we, because in Hong Kong, actually, we uh, mostly adopted the oral approach. We expect deaf children to speak and listen all the time. Uh, of course, we do believe that they have the ability to speak because, yeah, they, they have the normal speech organ. But um, in fact, because of um, the hearing uh, difficulties, actually, they have difficulties to develop uh, oral language. Uh, if we only stick to this approach, for many of the deaf students, they would have lots of uh, difficulties getting along with others or developing their language or uh, if we can only use all language in class. For many of these deaf students, they will have lots of difficulties to, I mean, understand what teachers are teaching about. And so that will create lots of problems, I mean, within uh, their development. And so we try to introduce uh, sign language uh, as a visual language in the classroom. And so that even they are in the glass, in the bottle, because they can see each other, and that's no barrier already. Absolutely. Uh, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's quite interesting that you know I often get asked about my daughter. So can she hear, or how much can she hear? Because now that my daughter's mm. fitted with hearing aids, um, and the way I try to explain to people is, yes, she can hear, uh, but we don't know mm -hmm. how much she can hear because hearing mm. without making it too difficult or com complicated. Hearing is is on a bit of a spectrum. There are different frequencies. So somebody so you know somebody who may be uh, got a hearing loss for higher frequencies can hear things with a lower frequency. And so different words will have higher frequency and lower frequencies. So for example, if you know if if we say the sentence Noreen is on the radio, maybe somebody mm -hmm. with a hearing loss might hear Noreen on adio so they might not hear mm -hmm. radio they might hear adio so that's and the difficult thing is if you can't hear you you won't you might not be able to speak very well so that's one barrier that children you know with a hearing loss might have but yeah. with sign language it really makes it more inclusive and one thing is when you're in a group setting when there are lots of voices it makes it hard to follow a conversation but when you've yeah, got sign yeah. language i think the beautiful thing is you're very focused each person takes their turn and actually it makes the yeah. experience much more <laughs> enjoyable now um, yeah, I, sorry go on chris yeah i think i think uh, you you've got the point 
that uh, now we we do um, uh, try to help deaf children to develop their potential. I mean, even uh, no matter cognitively or linguistically, uh, no matter uh, oral language or sign language. Well, we believe that actually they have all these different potentials. We should not just focus on their weakness. I mean, their hearing ability, that's their weakness. But we can also focus on their strengths, their eyes, their visual abilities, yeah, and all other potentials of the deaf children. Absolutely. And so much of communication relies on visual cues as well. Speaking is one part of it, but somebody's facial expression, their gestures, their body language can also be a great cue. I mean, I know certainly, um, yeah, working on the radio, sometimes when I don't see my guests, I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what their facial expression is like. And sign language embodies that. I should also say congratulations uh, to uh, to you as well. I know you've recently won an award. Um, tell us a little bit more about this and why is this award so significant? Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's our pressure that uh, we've got the Zero Project Award as actually um, organized by the uh, ESSL Foundation in Austria. And uh, actually, they have uh, lots, uh, a very close connection with the United Nations uh, because they want to promote the CRPD, the Convention on uh, Persons with Disabilities. And so they try to um, um, make use of their channels to pick uh, different projects uh, in the world to uh, try to promote all these um, uh, good projects and uh, uh, try to let more people know that uh, uh, know how to support uh, people with disabilities, and we are glad that uh, our CELCO uh, program uh, was actually selected by the board, and uh, they gave us an award on uh, inclusive uh, education practices. So I think uh, actually this is a very um, important recognition to to us <laughs> because we are the only one uh, Hong Kong project got this award this year. Wow. Chris, congratulations. And you and your team are so humble about this. You know, this is so important to promote inclusive education and inclusivity. And what a great start. You know, you're helping our children achieve that at such a young age and just being more mindful about the barriers and the struggle that deaf people and uh, the the, the hard of hearing community face, especially during now, during um, COVID-19, where everybody's all masked up, where a lot of people rely on lip reading as well, you know. Um, So it's actually very hard for many deaf people because, uh, yeah, everyone is wearing the mask and actually they are having very great difficulties to communicate with each other. But uh, it's interesting that uh, during this kind of uh, virtual communication, when they are using sign language, there's no barrier at all. Of course. (laughs) And people in the hearing world are sort of catching on it, uh, whereas this this visual uh, visualization is perfect uh, for for, for people who are hard of hearing. Um, Now, Chris, you have a very interesting background, you know, coming from an education background. I know you've worked with a lot of children um, uh, who, who uh, uh, who are hard of hearing. Why were children, why were deaf people sort of discouraged to learn sign language here in Hong Kong? Why was spoken language so pushed upon them? I, I think there's some sort of historical thing. 
because uh, in like 1880, in during that period of time, actually, uh, there's a, a very important conference uh, co- conference um, uh, happened in Milan. And uh, they decided uh, uh, that uh, sign language should be uh, taken away uh, in deaf education because they believe that hearing technology can help a lot. But in fact, after 130 years, they they found that, I mean, based on lots of research, they um, actually, um, without uh, using sign language, actually, we are are, um, taking away lots of opportunities from deaf people. Uh, into, yeah, no matter in education, in social contexts, in, yeah, many contexts, uh, they are so deprived of the information, um, and uh, accessibility to any kind of communication. So, um, uh, but we are glad that after so many years of research, uh, people bring back sign language to education now. Uh, but we still need to <laughs> uh, pay lots of efforts to um, uh, persuade people to accept sign language again, because uh, it's a very uh, that that lots of misconception about uh, the impact of sign language on deaf children's development. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm facing one of that uh, as well. A lot of times when we do speech therapy or auditory verbal therapy, AVT, a lot of the therapists will say, well, are you learning sign language? And we'll always say (laughs) yes. Um, But their point of view is they want to push the oral. They want to push the speech. Mm -hmm. So they don't want, Mm -hmm. you know, children to be distracted. But I suppose it can be very frustrating for children not to be able to have a language. So it's actually good that you're giving them a tool, you're giving them tools to to have a language, you know, and the speech will come. And I think when we saw you about seven months ago, you gave such a great example about helicopter. Can can you share that helicopter um, (laughs) example with our listeners? Yeah, I think um, now our sign interpreters can sign the interpreter helicopter yeah you can see actually it's very um i mean uh, iconic and and uh you can easily get the concept i mean from the sign and and you can find that it's not just a label not not just a, a name it's already built in the concepts there yeah you can see the shape you can see the form and you can find uh some concepts behind so actually uh based on some research they find that in fact these kinds of expressions um uh is actually helping children to relate the concepts to um those visual i mean uh th- this visual representation i mean including the signs including the facial expression uh, expressions and so that they can easily uh, remember all these concepts and the name of the uh, helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even because for young children, we seldom uh, teach them this word because it's a little bit. It's a hard word to say, helicopter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember yeah, when. Yeah, but, but when... for our babies, because we have a uh, um, sign bilingual program on five baby crashes, uh, the children age from six months to two years old. Uh, they have already started to learn helicopters <laughs> because they can learn the sign very easily. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, so maybe let's uh, talk about how what your thoughts are on how sign language can actually help with overall language development in, in children. Um, and it doesn't have to be for deaf children or children who are hard of hearing. Yeah. It can be for hearing children and, and why, you know, parents can consider this um, as a way to boost their own children's language development. Yeah, I think basically, uh, based on linguistic research, actually, um, I mean, language abilities is transferable. Yeah, no matter which language you have learned, actually, the knowledge behind uh, can be transferred to another language. And actually, language development can support cognitive development of children. So no matter in which language, uh, in fact, if you can find ways to help children develop the language well, it actually help child to develop in many different areas of abilities. So sign language is a very um, uh, visual, is a visual language. And for children, especially for very young children, uh, of course they can speak, but, but uh, you know, uh, at the age of one or two, actually they cannot articulate the sounds and they, they can hardly express their own feelings or what they want. But with sign language, actually they can, yeah, use their hands uh, to express themselves. And many parents tell us that actually uh, with sign language, uh, I mean, that children's emotional control seems to be better. And yeah, and, uh, and we also find that actually for many children, they are very visual and uh, they can pick up the knowledge very well through visual means. So we also apply the uh, sign language to autistic children and children with uh, intellectual disabilities now. Yeah. Well, Chris, we're out of time today. Can we revisit?